Amid numerous factors contributing to volatility in the global markets, geopolitical tensions have been a focal point lately. We've seen geopolitical tensions historically, so what's different today? What are the connections between geopolitics and inflation, and what can investors expect in 2024? Welcome to another episode of Lashifra's Inside the Street. Today is January 12th, and I'm your host, Robert Nahigian. Today I'm joined by Mickey Finella. Mickey, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So geopolitics have certainly heightened recently. You have wars in the Middle East, wars in Ukraine and Russia. Of course, we have U.S.-China tensions. But what's really different today in terms of the market's reaction? We've seen tensions before, and historically we've seen companies even sectors see little to no impact as a result. So why have companies and investors all across the board felt the impacts of these tensions today much more than they have historically? Yeah, so I'll start with some previous examples and how markets reacted in the past, and then we can kind of compare and contrast. A couple of examples come to mind more recently, and I'll stay more recent because I believe the markets are somewhere we haven't necessarily been before due to the Fed's extreme hiking cycle. But the COVID-19 pandemic, this was unique because it made the world come to a standstill almost immediately. We saw supply chains really struggle, we saw the equity market crash, and the government stepped in very quickly with stimulus and Fed rate cuts, bringing rates to near zero. The Fed's balance sheet expanded by twice the amount during the Great Recession in 08 and 09. And when this happened, there was extreme liquidity in the market. Stocks corrected and in fact rallied. Unfortunately, Main Street continued to suffer. Then we had Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Russia, a top five producer of oil in the world, now at war with Ukraine. Countries stopped purchasing crude oil from Russia, leading to a sharp decline in the supply and therefore the hyperinflation at the gas pump. Another brief sidestep here, because oil is such a financially important and traded commodity, it often has spillovers into other financial instruments and markets. In the case of Russia, they weren't exporting, so their trade surplus shrunk, causing their currency to fall rapidly. Their Federal Reserve then jacked up rates to try and stabilize the currency. Interesting. So when you hear about geopolitical tensions in general, what area of the markets do you look for impact first? When I hear geopolitical tensions... The first place I'll look in the market to see this effect is Forex and oil. But really the main theme with geopolitical tensions is how globalization tends to contract in these periods. It's almost like market fragmentation where countries reduce their cross-border investments, financial institutions and investment managers reduce their exposure to foreign holdings, and overall you see more risk aversion. In terms of current geopolitical tensions, as you had mentioned, we are now seeing new conflicts arise in the Middle East and heighten U.S. and China tensions. I know you've been reading up on these tensions across the Pacific. So, Rob, what do you see going forward in terms of the U.S. and China tensions? Yeah, and, and I wanted to focus a little more on the U.S.-China tensions here. We, we see the markets reacting to this relationship much more noticeably than any historical tensions. Just... The emergence of China from the pandemic came as tensions over issues like Taiwan, intellectual property, and, and it really looks like those tensions and those issues have simply just gotten worse since. I think when it comes to these worsening tensions in the U.S., there's 
certainly a few things to consider, but I think looking at the bigger picture, the macro dynamics with these tensions are going to be quite interesting. For starters, with tensions rising, we're going to see this continued trend in reshoring initiatives across many companies, reshoring as in bringing offshore manufacturing back to the company's home country. And while this is a common theme now, Goldman Sachs thinks that this may bring even more inflationary challenges, especially if U.S. manufacturing doesn't jump fast enough to sort of offset declining imports. So if these tensions continue to cause reshoring, which will continue hindering U.S. inflation, then we're likely going to see rates remain elevated. But what else? Well, the elevated rates, will we're going to continue to see a higher U.S. dollar, and a higher U.S. dollar will essentially mean that U.S. inflation will basically be exported internationally, as other nations will now be paying more U.S. dollars for commodities. So the macro dynamics of these tensions are certainly something to think about as well. Yeah, just to get a sense of where in the markets this will have an impact, obviously tech like semiconductors, artificial intelligence, even some tension happening in social media with TikTok. Where are you looking first and what segment do you see being discounted the most as a result? I think one of the bigger ones you mentioned is the chip space. We saw a pretty strong year for equities and a strong year for big tech stocks, but our analysts still believe that the semiconductor industry appears to be undervalued, but not significantly undervalued. It looks like the macro headwinds and uncertainty around geopolitics definitely played a major toll on this sector. Of course, with China and Taiwan making up such a large portion of the manufacturing. But outside of this, you also saw the CHIPS Act. You saw stocks like NVIDIA climb at incredible speeds. You saw success around AI. And I certainly think these are combating forces leaving many fundamentally discounted businesses on the table. So I wanted to turn back to you, Mickey. You said one of the first places you look amidst geopolitical tensions is oil. What's your outlook on this going forward? Sure. A few episodes ago, I touched on the attacks in the Red Sea. No clear solution yet. Only seems to be escalating with current airstrikes in the area. This certainly has an impact on oil, with the Middle East being a world top producer as well. WTI crude sitting at 73.22 a barrel as I speak, up around 3% for the month, but we are still continuing to see movement of the commodity through that supply line, as attacks have been primarily on non-oil carriers. I think where the struggle is, is on the supply chain side of things, and increased transport costs. We did see a tanker get seized yesterday, oil up 1% on the day. Again, it seems to be more uncertainty than anything, at least for the moment. But looking at the oil sector itself, Saudi Arabia did just cut prices. It could be a sign of weakened demand in the future, the cuts coming in at a price lower than expected. On that news, we saw Chevron, ExxonMobil, and Phillips all drop this week. Shell also came out with some big news. A good Q4 earnings report was soured with an impairment charge for its Singapore operation, which it is preparing to sell. Interesting. So when it comes to M&A in the space, is there any activity that you're seeing? So I'll switch to a deal that I've been reading up on. Phillips 66 was looking to acquire the rest of its stake in DCP Midstream last year. DCP Midstream is a petroleum services company based in Colorado. Prior to the announcement, they were trading on a forward EV to EBITDA basis around 8.1 times. 
which was right around the median of the comp set that Barclays had used. And then after the announcement, they bumped up to around 8.5 times. They agreed on terms at just under 42 a share, which was around a 9% premium, right in line with what Barclays had spread as reference materials. We also saw the acquisitions of players in 2022. In the back half of 23, we saw increased activity, and I expect that to continue as companies look for more drilling locations and profitability buoys amongst geopolitical tensions. Absolutely. And I wanted to jump into some factors that investors should be keeping an eye out for throughout 2024. I think when it comes to the fundamental performance of many of these companies across the public and private markets, I think the biggest thing that everyone's going to feel the hardest is geopolitical impacts on supply chains. Even just in the past year, U.S.-China tensions have already altered supply chains significantly to a new point they haven't operated at in over a decade. So now, as a result, we're seeing companies begin these supply chain de-risking measures, whether that be reshoring like we talked about or diversifying options for sourcing outside of China. But the question becomes, one, how many of those supply chains actually can be diversified given such a high concentration in China? And two, how effective will these de-risking measures even be and how many companies will be successful in doing so? I think the variability in all these questions are going to create some very clear winners and some very clear losers. That's certainly a factor that investors need to keep an eye out for as we persist through more uncertainty around geopolitics, especially between U.S. and China. Be sure to keep an eye out for our U.S. 2024 equity strategy episode this month as we host our market strategist, Dr. Chi Lu. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow our company LinkedIn page with Shifrei Partners to stay up to date with our latest market commentary. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you all next time. This material is published solely for informational purposes and may not be copied or recreated in any way. This podcast is not an offer to buy or sell any investment product and takes no liability for being incorrect about events that may occur within the markets. Remember that the financial markets are subject to change and past performance is not an indicator of future results.